Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to... Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics, oh yeah. Were you trying to do Macho Man Randy Savage just then? I, I was, but I, I realized that I have, like, a, a neighbor now, and I shouldn't, like, do full-on screaming at this time of the day, so... <laughs> Not only that, but I was like, man... That was a really pale imitation of Eric, J- Eric Johnson. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's uh, I I agree. Uh, even <laughs> even when I'm on it, I'm not like as good. He, he <laughs> occupies that role, and I will not. I, I I wouldn't even claim to to come near. What a weird place in his head that must be to be able to. Hit that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, before before we get to uh, the the thing that we do, where we talk about things related to movies, right. we should obviously take a second to congratulate the. Uh, Who's playing in the Super Bowl? I, I don't. I was gonna, you know, I was gonna guess, but then I realized I don't know who's playing in it. And then um, I know, but that is only because I was in the break room when the team won the playoff. <laughs> Did so, we are, and I was we, like, "Is this not, the truly. playoff, or is this the actual game?" <laughs> Fingers on the pulse <laughs> of something. I believe it's the Eagles and the Pats. You know, I, I actually got to say, as much as I don't care even slightly about football, Fuck the uh, and as 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 you <laughs> are aware, I, I don't have your love of baseball, but I do prefer baseball if I have to watch a sport. Right. But baseball is full of shit because <laughs> the World Series, really, it's the World <laughs> Series for your two American leagues. Hey, which at least uh, Canada at least has a super... couple of teams. Yeah, right. Like Canada's real. Wake up, sheeple. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, at least the Super Bowl, I mean, it's ostentatious sounding, but it, it doesn't claim dominance over the planet. Well, also and I appreciate that. When they came up with the World Series, it was even more ridiculous then than it was now. <laughs> uh, but, but speaking of uh, ridiculous grandstanding as to one's place within the culture of the planet, what are we talking about today, Jeremiah? We are talking about award shows because, don't you know, it is that time of year, award seasons. That's right. I set up a real segue. Ooh, <laughs> game change. <Yeah. laughs> uh, award shows, I'm going to be a uh, fun. I hate them. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I... I've, I've grown to appreciate the Golden Globes because of how funny they are. The Golden Globes are funny, but of all the things that matter the least, they are the least matterest. Oh, yeah. But that's that's why I find them so amazing. Because of the, like... I mean, that was one of my favorite jokes in whatever season. I think it was the second season of BoJack Horseman, where he won a Golden Globe for starring in a book. In, in a book. <laughs> and he won it in, like, best comedy or something. Like, like it was... It was pretty on the nose. Well... The Golden Globes, if I remember correctly, if I remember my history correctly, when they first started, they, Pia Sador's husband, uh, invited the entire Hollywood foreign press out to Las Vegas. And then to a Pia Sador show. And then, wouldn't you know it, she got nominated for a Golden Globe for the movie that came out. <laughs> and so there was a little bit of a hub to do, and they were like, oh. And basically the Hollywood Foreign Press basically sort of like stopped having the Golden Globes for a year or two. Because oh, they, kind of, they broke even they the were Golden kind of Globes? The fact that they just got caught out by just basically... <sighs> but the, essentially, 
they just started up again. And the Hollywood Forum Press, you have to understand, it's like oh. 80 or 90 people. It's not even 100. Oh. And they, <laughs> the members of the Hollywood Forum Press are secret. It's kept secret. And really, the uh, credentials, how you get into that, is also a mystery. It's almost like, you know, the skulls, the skull and crossbone <laughs> clubs of Yale. It's like no yeah. one knows if they really... I, I have, uh, you know, since, since we learned a lot about how secret societies in uh, UK colleges work, I choose to believe it involves uh, fornicating, working <laughs> on the swearing, with the head of a pig. That's <laughs> well, uh, head cannon. You cannot convince me otherwise. You do have to write at least two pieces of film journalism in one year Whilst in order fornicating to fornicating be... <laughs> with the head of a pig. I'm just saying, it's like, it, it's... it's fact that these people have like the golden globes are even like no one takes the golden globe seriously but everyone talks about them right they're and they're really, quite like they're basically the only other in the circuit of awards that get talked about like in popular press outside of because yeah like you, people are generally generally aware that like sundance exists right. but by and large, in like popular film discourse, it's just the Oscars and the Golden Globes somehow. Well, and not only that, people are like, well, I don't understand. I won a Golden Globe. How did it not get nominated for an Oscar? I'm like, because the Golden Globes don't matter. They are not a predictor. <laughs> they have never been a predictor. Not only that, but you're dealing with an, a much different sample size. One, a group of 80 or 90 people who have nothing to do with the movies. Except the other, get free dinners hundreds of thousands of people who literally have everything to do with the movies. And I'm not saying that the Oscars have a, any more sort of honorable voting system than the Golden Globes, because if you know your Oscar history, they don't. <laughs> like, uh, I still think, uh, I'm still pretty sure David Lynch has the best for your consideration uh, <laughs> push. The one with the cat, like the guy milking a cow with the yeah. sign saying, for yeah. done, yeah. Because uh, that's that right there. That's that's the right way. Well, I don't you, care if it's successful. <laughs> and you have other stuff like the SAGs, the Screen Actor Guild, the Writer uh, yeah. Guild, and you also have. Oh yeah, like, no, I mean, I'm, I'm in. I'm in no way saying that like these two in particular matter. I, I, right. I'm more. I'm interested in how arbitrary it is that that before I really started paying attention to movies, which I mean, I, eh, still not that great at because right. I uh, media's yay. Well, ever really heard about that trickled down to the regular news level was always just Golden Globes and Oscars, and it's bizarre. Well, you have the Spirit Awards, uh, Independent Film Awards, Hmm. and for some reason, it's a weird thing where they all just sort of decide to be in the the same four or five month period. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, if you're going to look at any kind of award show, and this may sound weird and slightly biased. Uh, I, I usually go with critics, not because they mean anything, but because what they are saying means more. Mm. Because nine times out of ten, getting critics to agree on what kind of pizza to order is a huge freaking deal. <laughs> so getting them to agree that this was the best act performance of the year, that's a pretty a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, no, I, I buy that. And not um, only that, but they're not saying this is a fact. They're just saying, among these particular critics in this particular geographical area, we like this guy a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's one of those things about... Uh, unless unless they're, like, real... Just 
assholes. Most critics have a, a general idea of what a critic's job is. Right. And so I could see them, like, having a, a little more clear-headed relationship with trying to, to puzzle out what to give an award to. Right. As well, opposed they... to people who are like, I am in the Academy. Yay. Well, yeah. Well, not only that, but we'll get to the Academy here in a sec. Oh, but, yes. like, not only that, but with, with critics, and because they tend to... It takes a particular type of person to be a critic. And so sometimes you'll get interesting nominations. Hmm. Or at the very least, interrupt interesting disruptions. I remember um, the LA uh, Film Critics uh, Choice Award a couple years back, back when Beyonce's uh, Lemonade came out. Mm. Um, there were a couple of critics who were lobbying pretty hard for that as a short film. Nice. And normally, and like that's not something that you're going to see in something like the Globes or even the Oscars or something prestigious like that. Because like no, no, because they have a valid point. That is a short film of some sort. Yes, there's music, and it's a music video, but music videos are essentially short films. And this was an exceptionally well-done short film, and it had a cultural impact. Yeah. I mean, I would say, like, that's that's one of those things where, like, uh, Bob Dylan getting the, the Nobel uh, Prize for Literature, where it's like, it, it takes you, it, it takes you, you're taken aback a little bit, but it's like... Oh yeah, no, I I could see the, the logic there. <laughs> it's that, like I follow the through thread. <laughs> but like, uh, honestly, the the real getting back to the Golden Globes, the difference between the Golden Globes and the Oscars are boil down to one thing: the hmm. amount of hard alcohol that one uh, ceremony has <laughs> and the other doesn't. Like, I'm <sighs> almost betting that if the Globes were, could get, knew they could get away with it, they would have moonshine. <laughs> Can you prove that they don't? <laughs> uh, yes, because James Franco is able to corral Tommy Wiseau. And I firmly oh. believe that if Tommy Wiseau was thoroughly drunk on good old Tennessee moonshine, he would have <laughs> freaking tackled Franco. All right, yeah, that's fair. Uh, then again, I'm not 100% sure that Tommy Wiseau sees the same universe as the rest of us, so... <laughs> eh. Well, and like... My issue not with awards, uh, outside of they mean nothing, <laughs> is the fact that they're become... Well, no, a, they, they do mean something. They mean that awards exist. It becomes... People tend... like It's a really big deal that year. Mm. But the amount of people who don't remember who won the year before... And I'm not just talking. I'm not talking about the smaller shows. I'm talking about the bigger ones, like the Oscars and the Golden Globes. Oh yeah. People only remember moon moonlighting, moonlight, not moonlighting. That's a television show. <laughs> that's a different thing. <laughs> moonlight, because there was that bigger that was the kerfuffle of oh no, Ella, La La Land. What? No, wait, no, it didn't. It, see, it's moonlight. <laughs> no, so that's wait, why people, no, it didn't. We live in a better universe than that. <laughs> that's why people remember it. But people don't <laughs> remember the spotlight one. Uh, People don't even remember Spotlight came out. There's oh. a lot of movies that come out every year, increasingly more so every year, every year. So the amount that people retain, like it means a lot that year, but by the next year you've forgotten and you've moved on to the next year's contenders. Yeah, it's, it's the next thing. Like it's, it is incredibly temporary. Just amazingly so. Well, and 
when it comes to voting, every it's a weird thing in America that for a country that thrive, that prides itself on being so democratic, we make voting as complicated as possible Just, at oh, every yeah. turn on it every is level. Dark wizardry. <laughs> like it is real important that on a fundamental level, the way that we choose who to give like power and prestige to be a little bit alchemical. Like that. Well, God, that is the truest thing. Because you don't want to like you don't want to trust the proles with that stuff, Jeremiah. They will. They will clearly choose the wrong thing. Well, like whenever like I've worked at places and I do like they try to do like an end of the year crew thing, and then like mm-hmm. you vote on best uh, who made you laugh and all this. I've had a couple mm-hmm. places where you had in order for the ballot to count, you had to sign it, Ooh. and I was like, I don't feel comfortable signing a voting ballot. That I seems. Vote. And that's like to the I entire vote, purpose I vote of myself this. Myself in every category, and then sign with an X. <laughs> but um, okay, it's like when people complain about how a movie gets nominated for Best Picture in the Oscars, but they don't get nominated for Best Director. Right. That is because the Directors Guild of America nominates the best directors. And yet, hmm. when it comes to voting on the nominees, that is the entire Academy as a whole. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> and they have all these other little things like that, especially like with the best pictures and like the nominated, I believe, by the production guild and some. It's weird. I mean, and... I, I, su- I suppose there is a logic to wanting the categories to be selected by people with experience from that position. Right, but it doesn't hold... I suppose. It, it, it would make sense, but they don't do it across the board. Right. So, so not like only actors nominate who gets best performance. Everyone <laughs> nominates what, what, why would Why would we think that actors have any kind of specialized <laughs> expertise? They just do things. Meh. Meh. You think actors are human? Have you ever eaten with one? <laughs> Quality. <laughs> And not only that, but then uh, for, for any award show, you always have this sort of bizarre, and I mean backlash, even though it shouldn't be backlash, if they shouldn't have won, it means this. And yeah. like, it's really hard to start reading the tea leaves of why anyone won anything. Because <laughs> like, outside of the Hollywood Foreign Press, most of these award shows are governed by very large bodies of people. Yeah. And as much as sometimes a conversation... Also, also very large and, in the Academy's case, pretty old bodies of people right. collectively. Well, not only, but you have a lot of different uh, different sectors of the body and a lot of different uh, age ranges and everything. And But mm. you do have, like, oh, it's racist for them to do that. It's like, it shows an attitude towards racism, but understand there were hundreds of thousands of people in the Academy. They didn't all get in t- together in rooms like, oh... Oh yeah, let's screw this guy over real good. It's no, that, they just subconsciously did that. Right. It's not it's one of the things where like one of the reasons why we wanted to diversify the academy was because that was the only real way to get to the problem. Because right. you can make those movies all you want, but if the academy is still the same type of people who just Yeah. If then, who then are like conditioned it's going by to... an older form of society to like the certain thing, then yeah, because you're gonna get the same results every time. Yeah, it's it's just the they're going to continue to act like the small cell like 
not small exactly, but let's say insular self-selected exactly. group that they are. Which leads me to the word I I've grown to hate more and more as I get older: snub. Even and even though I'm guilty of using it. Oh yeah. Because it's, like, it's a fun word to say. Like, it's, it's a fun a, word it's a to good say. Combo, it sounds. And whenever you, your guy doesn't get nominated, you feel the anger. You're like, I ah, I they got snubbed. You're like, well, it, your movie's great whether it gets nominated or not. Right. <laughs> it doesn't change the greatness of the movie. In fact, um, one of the other problems with award shows is nine times out of ten, history shows us we were absolutely wrong about what movies were great. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not even after that long. Yes. And honestly, they are, more than anything, just really good predictors of what is popular. Yeah. It's it's sort of, it's an interesting barometer of what's going on. But but at the end of the day, it's like trusting the the bestseller list for what music, it, or <laughs> yeah, for, for what music or what books are going to be important from now in like 50 years. Right. There's no... That's just not how it works. But the one upside to what well, there are a couple upsides, but the, probably the biggest upside, especially in the social media age to award shows, outside of the, the sort of banality, is <laughs> they they are a terrific soapbox. Yeah, because uh, you you get a lot of eyes right. uh, on people, and uh, celebrities really like to talk. Right. Well, okay. For example, um, the Golden Globes this year, the mm, Me Too yes. movement did a brilliant piece of PR. Mm. A lot of actresses, most of the actresses, all the actresses nominated went with a representative of the Me Too movement. Or someone who is an affiliate or a person in charge of an organization either deeply with deep ties to or architecture of the Me Too movement. Yeah, just like show it, like showing these people like physically in space. Well, not that only they're that, here and that they're, they matter. They went with them because that was their plus one. So when they did the interviews, mm. they would do the, the they would talk to the Me Too representative, and of course, almost immediately go to the celebrity because they didn't want to have you know because they didn't want uh, to the have evening. a scary. They didn't want to have a scary real talk right. about, you know, gender and power dynamics and society and abuse. To which then the celebrity would then just parrot what the lady next to him just said. It was <laughs> a brilliant way of that making is, sure yeah, the that. people at E could not escape the issue. <laughs> Literally they, making it inescapable. Right. Yeah, that's And like you could like if you watch the pre award show, like the the looks on these on the announcers' faces as they were just trying desperately to talk about the dresses. But Michelle <laughs> Williams, Jessica Chastain, I'll tell you, none of them were having any any of it. And they yeah. like they couldn't just go to the plus one or anything because the plus one would immediately jump in and continue talking about it. Oh, you are surrounded. <laughs> it was one of the best pieces of like strategizing for a protest that I've seen on an award show in a very long time. I was like, you, they, they truly made sure there was no way around it. Because there was no yeah, way they I, weren't I mean, going to talk to Selma Hayek or Jennifer Lopez or Tavia Spencer. Or, and they going to talk to Denzel Watching? Guess what? He has a point of view on this. Yeah, and it's it's great. But like, it, it is really, in, uh, I don't know if this is a word, but I'm going to go with it anyway, enheartening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because cause we're used to a much more hollow form of sort of celebrity protests. 
Well, because I remember bef- before that, like before the award show, there was like, oh yeah, the the men are gonna dress in black in solidarity too. Like, <laughs> well, Just, no. <laughs> well, that was the thing that a lot of people noticed with the Golden Globes was the men never said anything. Yes, they were never asked about it on the red carpet, so they didn't say anything, and they didn't say anything when they won the awards. Probably mm. the only man who said anything was Denzel Washington, and that was because he was being interviewed. And they did the, because they couldn't ignore, they said, like, what do you think about the protests? And Denzel Washington, who was a man who has been politically active, and mm. is not a man, stranger to speaking his mind, said to talk about, like, we'll see what the, what, if this changes anything. I've been here a long time, and I've seen a lot of these things. And we'll see if this actually changes anything in the long run. But outside of that, most of the men didn't say anything. Well, at least not on camera. And it's it yeah. one of the things where it was it was kind of hard to tell if it was because they were giving the women room to speak, or they just didn't want to talk about it. I I feel like I mean I would like to imagine that it's from a, oh no this is this is not our moment we will let these other these these other people these women talk right. but I feel like a good deal of it is terror. <laughs> just just the crushing terror of being the one who gets soundbited for the dumbest <laughs> for saying whatever the dumbest thing of the night is. Right. No, no. And... That's, that's a fair that's a fair that's a fair remark. <laughs> Like I, be... I, I want to believe like in a positive, but like the, and I'm sure that was part of it. But I think also the fear. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Let's be fair. Like every guy knows, like there's nothing. I, there's no way I. Then my wife said no. what I said sounded good, but how do I know she's not? I don't know. Because how do I? Thing. How do I know I won't screw this up when I get to the microphone? I'm really and to be not... fair. That isn't cowardly. That is the right choice. <laughs> like sometimes the right choice is just nope. This isn't mine, and that's okay. Right. Because uh, also, by the way, just because they're actors does not mean they're going to be the greatest public speakers. No. <laughs> I point to one Aaron Sorkin, who is a great oh. writer. But if you've ever listened to this man talk, the Fucking, amount of uh, ums, is, and is that comes in a sentence, I'm just like, nah, there's, there's no rhythm here, buddy. Oh, absolutely. The there, I can think uh, off the top of my head, and now I'm super conscious of any verbal tics that pop up in my own speech, which is good. I should do less of that. But <laughs> I think of some of my favorite professors who are, you know, among the smartest people that I have personally known, and at least a couple of them are just constant, um, uh, like restating things, got like. <laughs> Yeah. Ability to speak off the cuff is not an actual indicator of anything except the ability to do that. <laughs> like it's a you talent can be and incredibly a smart. <laughs> yeah, you, you, much much like an award, it doesn't represent anything other than itself. <laughs> like this award exists. Congratulations. <laughs> uh that that's not a skill that that shows anything. Like you could be the dumbest just pile of brick brain person. <laughs> and be able to to very convincingly, uh, you know, talk about any number of things or about nothing while sounding like you can talk about things, and you can be incredibly sharp and well informed and just trip over every possible syllable, <laughs> tongue, and mouth movement. It's uh, it's a catastrophe. <laughs> the thing that pisses me off the most about award season and really the award show idea in general. Is how mm-hmm. it shrinkens the conversation about movies. Yes. And I already feel that we don't talk about movies in a broad enough sort of 
artistic enough sense. But mm. when, we, when it comes to war seasons, it becomes, you know, we talk about the odds, the literal odds, these things like dark horses. Well, yeah, it becomes, it becomes like bookie work. Right. You're you're trying to figure out you're, you're trying to get get like an edge in on who to bet on, right. like, as opposed to anything about craft. As much as I really don't think Three Billboards deserves all the awards it's got. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. Uh, right. I, I, I you sort of warned me off of it, but I, I'm going to end up seeing it anyway because uh, despite everything, I. I I love Martin McDonough, and it's got so many good actors in it. And I'm just gonna fuck. I'm gonna fall for the damn hype. It's just as bad That's as fine. anyone. I'm, I'm trash. I, even though I don't agree with all the awards it's gotten, I do like that it's trying to do something. It fails <laughs> miserably, and it really probably should have kept its mouth shut. But yeah. though I've seen, like it's, it's kind of like Gran so... Torino. There are scenes in Three Billboards that are some of the best scenes you'll see all year. I just, don't doubt that. But the problem is you have all the rest of the movie in between those scenes. The thing that, that really puzzles me about it, because like, just abstractly, because again, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Martin McDonough. Love, love right. his plays, love his movies, love his short films. He's great. But he's a, a white British-Irish guy. <laughs> he's... I don't think it's necessary. Like, I applaud the impulse, but maybe you're not the one to talk about race and policing and class and power dynamics in America. And, and like, okay, maybe it's it's shitty to say that, but I kind of think it's probably true. Well, here's the thing, because <laughs> part of the problem with the movie is he's not trying to do that. He does that. But he's trying to talk about justice and karma in general. Oh, okay. See, I was, I was going off of what I expected via trailers and such. Right. Well, no, the trailers are misleading, but again, never trust the trailers. Um, yeah, I, I should know better. The, the problem is all that is lost in the fact that he does confront racism, class, and gender issues. And in trying to explore the bigger ideas by using the smaller things to illustrate his point, that's where it gets lost. Uh-huh. And, again, I would much rather see Three Billboards again, even though I really don't like it and sometimes get really angry at it, than I would, <laughs> than I would say to Disaster Artist. Because the yeah. Disaster Artist is not... There's nothing great about the Disaster Artist. It's, not, it's the same thing. We've seen it before. And... James Franco's yeah. impersonation of Tommy Wiseau is good, but at the very least, Three Billboards angered me. Whereas Disaster Artist, I would yeah, think, and okay, this is good. Yeah, there, there, there's a space for, for considering like emotional response, even negative emotional response, as right. having some particular value to it. Well, and that's what I'm talking about, because when you do awards, it becomes a sort of binary value system. Win-lose. But I, I honestly, like, you, I've... I've talked a few times now about my deep discomfort with the room and the the sort of culture around it, right. and I, I have a lot of friends who who enjoy it in that way. And, and okay, if they if they do, they do. That's fine. But right. I just it's such um. And this is from me. You know me. People right. who are listening might not, but I am a person who loves 
stupidly self-referential meta fictive nonsense like that is that is my bread and also the butter upon which the bread rests because i flipped that around somehow but um it's just too it won't matter outside outside of its community and outside of this little pop cultural moment when people gave a crap about the room (laughs) like it it it's so hollow. It's not like, uh, I just, it's amazing. Like, I, I feel how I imagine people listening to me talk about Thomas Pynchon novels probably <laughs> feel. Like, they're wrong because Thomas Pynchon is great. But, still. Well. well, no, this goes back to the fact that, like, this is also the danger you have when the, the broader, uh, the voting bases, you're going to probably get safer choices as well, simply because you're going yeah. to be calling a larger sample, sample uh, sampling, and they're going to mm. probably be picking things that are more than likely popular. And those well, there's just, a um, the and the and the easier they are to digest, you know, they'll float up to the top and become easily easier, more uh, I guess, nominable. I don't know if that's a word. Nominable. nominable. I like that. I, I don't <laughs> care if it's. I don't care if it exists already. We we are right. wordsmiths. And our craft are. <laughs> Self, deal with it um but there's also a really good because i can't like i can't stop talking about youtube video essays any that it's it's That's one fine. of my favorite genres but uh the the great Lindsay ellis came out with a video this past week i believe that is ostensibly about bright but is actually about the development of oscar bait films okay somehow uh which is really interesting she draws some fun parallels to like crash and and like it's uh, it's kind of interesting to to see, and I figure talking about uh, awards, well, we should probably talk a little bit about the the specter of what is thought of as Oscar bait. Well, honestly, there's actually a bit of a pushback to the phrase Oscar bait. Yeah, because that is a relatively new term, mm. and it is a term that is used again. This goes back to the whole like there's a lot of people in the academy. And yeah. so, again, they didn't just get together like, oh, wow, that movie ticked off all my boxes. Bingo! <laughs> and that's how you vote. And the problem is everyone just had similar bingo cards. Yeah, because they're drawn from the same industry. <laughs> right. And the thing is, it's like, again, they're not voting for the thing that's going to last throughout history. They're voting for the thing they like the most that year. And yeah, they're, they're, voting, different... they're voting for immediacy. Right. Very important distinctions, and it's really hard to try to figure out what a bunch of... If everyone knew what made a hit, we would have nothing but hits. Yeah, we would mass, we, would, we would have a machine that generates perfect movies. <laughs> mass crowd-pleasers are almost impossible. And, yeah. much, and much in the same way, an Oscar bait movie is... That's really... The amount of work that goes into a movie... <laughs> And to just say, oh, just, that's an Oscar bait movie, it's kind of a middle finger to the entire process of movie making. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it could I be think safe, it's, That's, that's yes. one of those things. That... <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where, like, it's a term that, I don't know, as with many terms like this, I find it interesting in that people will immediately have their concept of what it means, Right. But what it actually means is it's always really slippery. Right. And there's no real definition to it because 
like I said, it came, it sort of just came out of our culture. There wasn't like a real, it, it has as much meaning as the DCEU. <laughs> Someone uh, probably uh, made it up as a joke and we just ran with it. Yeah. Honestly, to me, um, when I think of Oscar bait, I, I think about like when people talk about literary fiction versus other forms of fiction. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I have a concept. Films. Yeah, I have a I have a concept of what that means, and I I am guilty of it as as anyone. But I also recognize that that it's inherently bullshit <laughs> on a certain level. Like it's it's not like a there's not a hard meaning. It's a soft meaning, and. If you don't, if if you say it abstractly, everyone who hears it will get a different meaning out of it. Like right. unless you're, unless you're being real clear. Well, and award shows culminate with the Oscars, and the Oscars started out as a way just basically for Hollywood to congratulate itself, mm-hmm. which is fine because you know they do a lot of they they work hard. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of it is also a lot of it was also just them sort of coming together to argue for the artistic legitimacy of movies. Right, because again... Which was not a thing. Right, because this is back when, you know, movies had first started. Right. <laughs> and and so they weren't really anything to be taken seriously. They were just more like just, uh, topic, convers- uh, topic uh, conversation starters and stoppers. They yeah. would just say... And then, in the last ten years, uh, it became really sort of like very political, and I mean that in a sense that you it became a machine. You needed to win. Mm. And even though history is littered with people who have won Oscars and then have done not, had their career just sort of and plummet, just and people who just... didn't who didn't win and have their stars just rise like a supernova. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I actually, uh, as it happens, I don't need Edgar Wright to win an Oscar to enjoy Edgar Wright movies. <laughs> Oh, oh, perfect example. Anthony Hopkins won for Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And then ever since then, it's just like, like he's he's still Anthony Hopkins. But it almost feels like he's in the Transformers movies. (laughs) Ever since then, he's been playing increasingly Anthony Hopkins versions of Anthony Hopkins. Right. And that's really just because those are the roles he's offered. Yeah, like those are the roles he's offered. It's kind of like the reason why Cuba Gooding Jr. did Snow Dogs, it's because oh. that was the role he was offered. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's a uh, that's how you get jobs. Right, but also at the same time, it's now become a thing where you can use it as a way to leverage uh, salaries. And... Yeah, it is it is cultural capital. Right. Uh, I mean. On top of like, if you are uh, a dude, also a good a good starter for right. arguing for more money, definitely. <laughs> but but having them award creds, right? Gets you up there. Well, not only that, but um, especially in the last three or four years, uh, even back when we used to have three geek, AMC used to have the best picture once a year before oh, yeah. the Oscars. They would just show all that, the best pictures. And... Yeah, because we because we like the the year. Was the year that they started doing that was like right before they doubled the best picture, wasn't it? Because it was like a year or two before that, yeah. Yeah, because we because we went to like one or maybe two before that happened, and then it was like, nope, now it's a two day event. Right. It was a, it was like yeah, like did they I forget did they split it up like between weeks? It was like one weekend then another, or was it literally? I just... think so. Uh, right, because I... I know we didn't sleep there. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, like it's a way for the studios to make more money off of it, which is great. Mm. But in a weird way, the Oscars have suddenly become more sort of like important, even though they don't mean anything. Because what they're doing is people in middle America are seeing movies they wouldn't normally see. Like yeah. I remember the year Blinds the Blind Side got nominated was also the same year as Precious. Oh yeah. And I remember I loved Precious. And I remember people in the audience hated Precious, but at the same time they probably never would have seen that movie. And yes they yeah. hated it, but they saw it. They at least gave it a fair shot. I mean, now I can feasibly say there will be people in the deepest heart of Missouri and Kansas who are going to watch a movie about a woman in love with a fish man and how her <laughs> and her gay neighbor have a wacky escape plan, break out of prison plan. Thank you, Guillermo. I, I always appreciate what you do. Like, there's, there's a certain sort of, like, there's a weirdness to this, like, when you have years like this and the way Oscars yeah. sort of, like, behave now, that now almost pushes the weirdness out to middle America to people who maybe wanted it and have been hungry for it and didn't know it existed. It's yeah, it way... becomes it, it becomes like a part of the, like, what is nominated for Oscars becomes part of movie distribution. Right. The also, and, and also, when you diversify the voting body and you get a more diverse uh, nomination class, you also get film... Film pundits are actually forced to talk about movies they normally never would have talked about. Yeah. Because now it's nominated for an Oscar. I guarantee you most of the uh, movie news shows on YouTube would not have talked about Kale or Moonlight um, had they not been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. And since it would have just had, been talking. It would have just been talking angrily about Star Wars. That's right. all it would have been. Or, or if Selma had not been. Selma wasn't nominated like, uh, for a lot of awards when they came out. And all of a sudden, these shows that had ignored Selma when it came out were forced to address the issue of the lack of Selma nominations. Yeah, like the fact that, that this exists in our sort of social media universe means things like that are like, yeah, they're just orders of magnitude more likely to actually be publicly discussed. Right. It's maybe, not always, the... maybe not always discussed super well, but... Right. It, it it does it it becomes important simply because a it brings them into the conversation of people who wouldn't normally talk about them, mm. b people who wouldn't normally see it see it, and c it helps low budget films that would normally be struggling at this point in time get a little sort of lift both in box office and in critical reception. Mudbound, D. Reese's Mudbound, which came out on Netflix. Yeah. It was in theaters for like a week or two, but it's mostly been streaming. And as much as everyone's always been like, oh, I want to see Mudbound, I, want, I should see, I'll probably sit down and watch it, they never did. <laughs> At least not the people I know. <laughs> and now that's nominated, they almost have to just so they can be part of a conversation. Right. And even then... I, um, I mean, I still... I still haven't. I still haven't managed to track down uh, Phantom Thread either. So right. Phantom Thread, by the way, is I'm amazing. Kind of Anyhow. Uh, super curious about what that movie has going on because I've oh. avoided hearing oh. anything about it. <laughs> oh, Thaddeus will love it. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, I was. I was told early on to not look into it, and I was like, all right. Um. Anyhow, 
The Big Sick. Amazon is the studio that distributed The Big Sick. And mm. the big and the big sick is the Amazon's now pushing big sick. When you go to Amazon, it's it's advertising. It's on Prime. You can watch it. It's getting more oh, eyes wow. on it than it ever has before. Oh, that is that is nice. Now, granted, Netflix is for all this sort of like whining and moaning about how why no one pays us any attention. Mudbound yeah. got nominated, and my Netflix has told me jack all about Mudbound. So. <laughs> And I've so maybe your magical algorithm it. doesn't have all the answers yet, you doofs. <laughs> but it is like the awards mean nothing, but because they mean nothing, it sort of means more all the same. Simply for the same reason why the color barrier in baseball meant something. Yes, it's yeah. just a game, but if you can't get diverse and diversification and equality in something that's just a game, then how can you expect to see it anywhere else? And well, like, if the Oscars I mean, it's, don't it's, matter then how can we expect anywhere else? Right. I, I mean, it's one of those things where it's it, it, it both does and does not matter. Right. Like the, much like, well, it, it's it's sort of like it, it has the meaning that we give it and that sort of feeds back into itself and, and can, you know, allow some of these positive things that, that we've been talking about. Uh, you know, much like, much like any number of sort of socially constructed forces. Like, money is inherently meaningless, but it still has a lot of power. So... Right. Well, and also, <laughs> film distribution right now, and even, like, the notion of how films are bought and marketed are in a weird state. Because yeah. of streaming, and because theater attendance is down. And so, now... We're in a really weird, like, transition period. Right. And so now... When people do go to film festivals and they pick them up, they they usually do so on ones that have a buzz because that buzz can then be easily sort of transmutated into Oscar buzz. Yeah, it's about sort of uh, using momentum. Right. Well, okay. Not just um, the AMC thing, but my movie theater has like 12 movies playing right now. Nine of them are Oscar movies that have been re-released in the theaters. Yep. We got we got Ladybird back. Shape of Water's been there. Three Billboards has come, gone, and then came back. Um, <laughs> we have Phantom Threat that's been playing there. Um, like movie, like theaters will just do everything they can to show that movie because now there is an Oscar buzz about it, and because people love the Oscars, but no one they love the Oscars more than they love going to the fucking movies. Movie theaters will show an Oscar-nominated movie just to get your butt in the seat. <sighs> nice. Uh, except so, not. I mean, you know, I, right. I, I do worry for theaters. They, they don't look so good. I think, honestly, with theaters, what's going on right now is if they don't start paying attention to what happened to Broadway, more than likely, I don't think it'll be as bad as what's going on in Broadway right now, but it could see... Like, you have to learn a lesson. The thing with Broadway was they just placed people out of, out of the theater. Yeah. And I mean, because the, the, I'm seeing a lot more, like, development along the, uh, let's say, the, the sort of Alamo model of theaters. Right. Because uh, the, at least one of the theaters here, there's two, but there's one that's closer, so that's the one I always go to, uh, has started to do the, the sort of nicer chairs and order food and things. So. Right. Well, again, like, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that because, like, the whole point of going to the movie is not that you can order food and have it brought to you. Yeah. 
It's like if I, you went, I, if you if I went to the theater to see um oh god what the I literally just blanked. What's the musical Hamilton? If I went yeah, to Hamilton yeah. and some jerk off in front of me ordered nachos halfway through the musical, I would be a little miffed. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> like if he got up and got the nachos, I'd be fine. But if he had, like if I if some but if you to... if you push a button that summons a, a you know food robot person. Right. No, robot would be nice because more than likely it wouldn't be, you know, too bothersome and disruptive. Uh... But, yeah, no, I, I think that's what's going on. And I really think, and that's one of the reasons why Oscars are becoming so much more important culturally is because going to the theater has becoming less and less an activity that people do. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we're, we've seen a lot of changes in, even just through the time that we have been alive in oh, yeah. how we interact with movies. And we've I mean, seen, it, it, yeah. we've seen changes in movie theaters since we've been alive that are yeah. staggering. And I'm not just talking about how film is non-existent and it's all digital now. Yeah. I'm Although gonna, also that. Right. But just like, remember the child, what a movie theater used to be. And what it is now, and it's not just night and day; it's not on the same planet. I remember it being a lot stickier. You're right, <laughs> and you didn't have stadium seating. Oh yeah, you had video yeah, arcade I, in the lobby. Now, <laughs> oh, I mean, I still see those. There's right. right uh, but... I, you you forget. I live in the Midwest. We still right. have some of that crap. <laughs> But uh, they used but, to be in malls because malls used to be a thing. Oh yeah, they did. <laughs> oh, that, remember they used to malls used to have places where you could see a motion picture and places where you could buy uh, literature bound in paper. The Those were nice little establishments. Is I remember the Blue Ridge Mall had a theater upstairs and downstairs. Mm. And then you had one across the way from the Blue Ridge Mall. Was uh was the Blue Ridge Mall the one that also had like the Aladdin's Castle arcade, or am I thinking of a different mall? You're thinking of a different mall. Oh. Um, That's okay. Those malls are all dead now. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> they are deader than Bannister Mall. Moving on. Oh. <laughs> um. So yes, award shows. That's what we were talking about before we got off on our tangent. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I, think uh, it's I don't know. It's, valid... it's also interesting to see. Uh, award shows develop in other media because one thing I was talking about with uh, Kara the other day was the uh, the relative youngness of our favorite media because yeah. uh, film uh, video games uh, also on my list just super young right. um, comic books depending on how you count it eh. uh, not as much but right. but definitely like film and video games and like watching video games go through the these really embarrassing steps to have awards <laughs> is kind of amazing because of how bad they are at it. Well, like Everett, like it's one of the things that I think is interesting to look at in the history of both film and uh, video games is how tied they are to like technological production and to capitalism, not to go on a Marxist rant. Right. But, uh, and the fact that like, especially with, with video games, we see like the worst possible version of that. Like the Academy Awards are self-congratulatory and then 
and insipid, but they don't have actual like onstage commercials for sponsoring products. <laughs> Not yet. No, they have things. The 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 montages are sponsored, but they don't actually True. Like, bring. They don't drive a jeep onto the stage. <laughs> no, that they have like it's interesting because they they. They want to get their sponsor money, but they also want to have a veneer of what we think of as artistic, <laughs> of what we think artistic credibility looks like. Right. And that's one of the most interesting things about it is the sort of the performance of uh, venerability. Right. Well, do the video game sponsors, like, do they actually do that at video game show awards? Oh, man. Last year, uh, the there was, it was the greatest of memes because... Uh, I think it was last year's video game awards, not this year, but it was the game awards or something like right. that, uh, which is still a hilarious term considering how many like games will just be like, oh, someone somewhere said that this was the game of the year, so we can now we'll now release a game of the year edition, or maybe nobody did, but we'll do it anyway. <laughs> um, but they they had one of the the shtick was the Schick Hydrobot, which was a man sized anthropomorphic razor. Robot. What? Yeah. Schick Hydrobot. Look it up. <laughs> but uh like it's 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 super sad for me to, to to watch this because I have always had my like, oh no, like games are, are growing up in certain ways and more people can make them with less like need to rely on, on big companies, and so now we get to see interesting types of storytelling and new types of play. Awesome. Yay, great. Oh god damn it. Everything is still acting like it's Spike TV. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! No. Oh, actually, don't God. remember. They may be on Spike TV. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't. I think Spike TV got. I think they if it collapsed. I, I don't know. Like it's the thing is, Spike TV will never be dead to me because it is it is the platonic form of a very special kind of douchebaggery. <laughs> I remember when Spike TV came out, I was like, you're just being TNT. Just say, oh, wow. Television for guys. (laughs) I was like, right, so television. Why do you need to change the name? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. Yeah, sorry. That that was a little bit of a weird rant. But, like, if, if you want to see the true depths of just, like, shallow award ceremoniness, it's that. Plus, they'll also do like they'll com- they combine the award ceremony with insane, like surreal product placement and announcements for games that aren't coming out for like a couple of years. Like, it, <laughs> I will the, say, the mostly, Academy doesn't have trailers in the show. Yeah, right. Like, the, it's 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 something else. Um, well, and weird way also like because the Oscars and the Golden Globes are so prevalent. Uh, and it's mm. such a sort of like hot button uh, cultural topic whenever they occur. We do have so many more award shows now than we've ever had before. Yeah, both with new me- new media and old media. But I'm like, they got like you have the streamies, the webbies. The... <laughs> yeah, uh, because you have to. No one's going to take you seriously until you have your Oscars. Because right. that's how it works. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Did, does having a streaming mean? Can you use that as any like kind of leverage when it comes to contract negotiation? Oh, I mean, you know, it's not like that. Well, I mean, people who make videos on the internet don't exactly have like uh, a lot of organized labor support for themselves. Right, so right, I, I think I, I think that, they're mostly right. just they're squeezed until blood comes out. That's right. uh, as I understand it. 
But it's like there are like the amount of time like every time I turn around and fight, there's like another award show. All right. Well, first of all, you should probably talk to a doctor. No, 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 no. It's perfectly healthy. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> everybody, everybody farts, but not not everybody causes award shows when they. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, saying I haven't it read it in any diagnostic manual. That that might be a new thing. I'm not saying it causes them. I'm just saying there's a frequency and a sort of ubiquitousness to yeah, them. I, I know. I was being hilarious. Oh, that's what that was. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, the Oscars have their flaws, <laughs> but it could get much worse. It probably will. Um, I don't know. I actually, I think there's a hard barrier there because a lot of it comes down to that veneer of respectability because you think that's what's keeping the Oscars afloat, respectability. Oh, no, 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 a veneer of respectability. Okay. That's a different thing. I'm, gonna say, I, I'm not saying these are the same people who held a dinner for a bunch of for cabinet oh, no, members, and that's how Doctor Doolittle got nominated. No, absolutely. I'm not saying it's real, but I'm okay. saying that like being able to pretend that it is real and that it is like high serious art awards with long flowing gowns and right. and like important like short things on the history and important figures of fit like they're they clearly think they're hot shit and <laughs> in, in a very sort of old school high culture way right and i think as snooty as that can make the oscars and it does uh i think that will also protect it a little bit in that bubble of self-importance i hope and it's a weird kind of counterintuitive hope but i think that will act <laughs> as a guard against like Totino's presents the best actor award <laughs> or whatever. I can see that because they really do like the whole point of the Oscars is the sort of regality of the whole right like cuz even going back to what we were talking about earlier like the the history of the Oscars like they were created to give the the look of artistic legitimacy like to perform right. what artistic legitimacy legitimacy looks like so that people would believe they had it and it worked <laughs> I mean, well, that, that, or at least it, it contributed to that obviously the oscars didn't invent films being uh important and respectable right. but whereas well, like it's interesting to watch because games are coming from a very different place because they they have this amazing tension between wanting to be taken seriously but not having to grow up or be like <laughs> anything other than like frosted tips yelling about how awesome things are like it's the 90s so right well amazing. every award show goes through growing pains yeah and i mean the oscars had to like the first uh woman cinematographer just got nominated this year after yeah. like 90 years <laughs> Uh, 20, 2018. That's what year we're on right now. Uh, and uh, Jordan Peele is like, what, the fifth black director ever nominated? Yeah. yeah. And I want you to understand, of that five, Spike Lee is not one of them. Oh. Alright. Mm. <laughs> yes. Because I, I bring Spike Lee up because, A, he's one of the best story to, uh, storytellers in film. In America yeah. right now, up there with Scorsese, and B is because he's largely until Jordan Peele came along and uh, Ava DuVernay, really the only black director the most white America could name off the top of their head, yeah. and who people seem to think it's just he's drowning in awards. I'm like, honestly, no. The Academy is giving him bupkits. I mean, from the Academy, he's he's gotten other awards, but the ones that people pay attention to are the Oscars. Right. So. 
<laughs> yeah, no, he, he's lacking, and he should... Like, there's a Lifetime Achievement Award coming his way in a year, too, I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. A deserved one, obviously. I, absolutely. But, I mean, I don't know anyone else yeah. who would look at, like, let's make a movie about the gang violence in Chicago. Oh, no. I know. I'll adapt to Euripides play about it. But... Yeah, like, <laughs> dude, you just keep being you. That is. <laughs> like, I don't, I haven't seen it yet, but I don't care if it failed or succeed the, the guts it took to even try that. Uh, to even, like, yeah, try Chirac. to adapt. Yeah, Chirac, yeah. To even to, like, just oh, try to make yeah. a modern-day version of Lystra. I mean, that's still... Lysistrata. Lysistrata, sorry. Yeah. But, yes. So, in conclusion, awards suck. The Oscars are becoming <laughs> relevant by the sheer force of the weird sort of inversion of the marketplace that is going because of technology. Like, you have... <laughs> You have no idea how hard it is for me to like keep reined in. Like I, I could go on a like a, a weird postmodern lecture about the Oscars creating their own meaning because it's, it's like that's their because that's their trajectory. They started because the culture didn't believe in film by and large, <laughs> and they've now created and maintained this idea so well that it can be used to make like cultural points. <laughs> It's the, uh, the if universe the Oscar is not. was like a single entity that we could talk to, we'd give it a <laughs> thumbs up. Uh, it, you know, it has a hard life and it's got a lot of baggage, but you know what? <laughs> uh, maybe there's still hope for for the nebulous Oscar entity to grow into itself as a, a confident uh, gestalt entity of film awards. Uh, and uh, by the way, I got news for you, folks um, listening at home. Uh, the two of you, maybe four. Uh, I can yeah. dream. I can dream. <laughs> if you go, if you think this episode of just talking about the Oscars was a little, just wait till next episode when it's nothing but Oscars. Oh God! Yes, <laughs> let it, let us wait for that. <laughs> all right, that's all the time we have now. And this has been beneath the screen of the Ultra Critics. Don't forget, uh, don't forget to check out the Phenomenalists. Uh, unabashed book snobbery and ladies first and don't forget to review and rate us on iTunes because that's how this works people hear about us because other people say things and I'm pretty sure Apple has some bizarre sort of Byzantine complicated voting algorithm as opposed to just four people say I like us yeah it's alchemy it's all alchemy it's it's, Uh, uh, turning lead to gold all the way down old man yells a cloud that's what I've done (laughs) alright That's all the time we have for today. Say goodnight, Pat. Next time, Jeremiah. Next time. All right. That happened.